to The Drummer and the Great Mountain, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast. Welcome, friends and hunter types. Once again, we welcome you to our little humble abode, our living room. Maybe, more appropriately, our our tent or our cave of the hunter type community. <laughs> welcome to the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, your audio guide to the guidebook to transforming adult ADD, ADHD by Michael Joseph Ferguson. Happy 2016 once again, our second podcast of the new year. And uh, we we spoke about several times, Michael and I, in previous podcasts, that one of our goals of the new year was to honor the wonderful feedback you've given us um, in this last year. And a lot of that feedback has been about getting more specific about certain topics. And that was definitely one of the goals that Michael and I had. Um, in fact, Michael and I met New Year's Eve, literally New Year's Eve, totally coincidental, not planned to go for a hike and, and just discuss and plan things. And one of the things we wanted to manifest was to really kick things off in the new year early. And so here we are with um, a topic uh, that we know something about, but this is our chance to bring in experts and special guests, which is one of the things we promised you. And so it is our pleasure and honor today to have a podcast to focus on the holistic modality of yoga. For those of you out there 
that are hunter types, know a hunter type, you've probably heard of yoga. Maybe <laughs> some of you practice it. Maybe some of you have thought about practicing it. Maybe you don't know enough. I would say our goal today is just to give you an education with someone that we're honored in so many ways, as you'll hear today, um, to bring in our special guest, Sarah Hutchinson. Her website is yogawisdomandwellness.com. That's yogawisdomandwellness.com, spelled out with the A-N-D. Check her out on there. And we're going to talk to Sarah today on the connection between yoga and what it can do for hunter types and the ways that the practice of yoga can help support those of us who are on this path of the transformational path of being a hunter type. As we've stated in the book and on this podcast, taking care of yourself both mentally and physically is crucial to the transformation process. We've given you our perspective, the many methods mentioned in the book by Michael. And today we begin, as soon as my alarm stops ringing, and today we begin with one of the most popular holistic modalities of yoga, but now we're going to connect it to what we're all about here, which is being a hunter type and taking care of ourselves mentally and physically. Well, there is no better method that I know of than the practice of yoga, but I'm not an expert. So we bring in our expert, which is Sarah Hutchinson today. Sarah is an online educator and right straight from her website and her bio. She empowers people to live vibrant, purposeful lives. She mentors and supports yoga teachers and students to accelerate their transformation through practical Ayurveda, which we'll talk about, meditation, sound familiar, and coaching that removes fears and blocks. And with that, I bring in my good friend, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Good Sunday morning to you, my friend. Good morning. Very excited to have a special guest on, and uh, I feel like we're doing a lot of preamble, but I do think it's important. Tell us what it is, the magic that brings Sarah to us on the podcast today before we bring her in. Yes. Yeah, so, um, and I think we alluded to this last time. So I don't, you know, the podcast is partially responsible to, to Sarah and, uh, my friend Allie, who, um, I remember speaking to on the phone as the book was starting to, to move and take off. And I, I just called them in as on council and said, you know, what would you do? Like, what direction would you take this? And there was a very strong do audio, <laughs> audio support. And, um, and then the first person that popped to mind was Batman. And I got off the phone with them and called you and the podcast came into being. So, um, for many reasons, uh, this has been uh, a interview coming, and I'm, I'm really pleased. And Sarah's a, just a phenomenal teacher, and uh, really pleased to have her on. So, with that and all those big drum rolls, good morning to you, Sarah. Thank you so much, first of all, for joining us on a, on a Sunday morning. Good morning. You're welcome. It's an honor to be here, and no pressure, right, Michael? Yes, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. Like I said, I think that was the longest drum roll ever for for, for a guest. Um, that was before we get started, um, we want to hear about your experience with hunter types and the book, um, and 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 yoga as being a support. But if you could give folks out there, besides checking out yoga well, uh, wellness and wisdom, give us a little yoga bit of wisdom and wellness. Wisdom, wisdom and wellness. Pardon me, uh, mm. I've quit coffee, so that's what I blame the brain for being slower than than usual. Uh, tell us a bit, a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background and and how how you how you came to. Um, being who you are today. 
Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. And again, I just want to thank both of you for bringing me onto this podcast. And Michael, you in particular for creating the book, The Drummer and the Great Mountain, which landed in my household and immediately was put to work. Uh, <laughs> I myself am not a hunter, but Michael and I were talking before this podcast. And for those of you who have taken the quiz on the website, The Drummer and the Great Mountain website, I took that quiz and Michael, I think you told me I'm one of the lowest scoring people that you've ever seen on it. Yes. Congratulations. Which, yeah, congratulations. <laughs> but it naturally makes me a hunter magnet. Nice. And so I have many hunters in my life, and now I'm on the line on a Sunday morning with two of you. Case in point, uh, I have hunters all around me. In fact, there are so many people in my life that fit this description of the creative, free-spirited, really beautiful problem-solving hunters. I naturally attract them, and I'm said to be grounded, and it's a beautiful combination. Mm. So in, in my family, I have three children. Uh, one of them is most definitively a hunter. The other, second, the middle one, also pretty much a hunter. My former partner, very much so, their dad. Um, it's very close to me, this idea of what is now being called Hunter. In addition, I'm a registered nurse, and I have been for almost 40 years. And, of course, in the course of my career, I have encountered the nervous system in many forms. And most specifically, I spent 15 years working in a high-poverty elementary school. And this, of course, was a place where a lot of different profiles in the nervous system showed up and many, many hunter children from preschoolers as young as three all the way up to the 12-year-olds in the fifth grade. And I was baptized um, by the hunter children about how to support them in being successful in school. So I come with a very specific uh, set of opportunities that have helped me learn about the nervous system. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. And I would, can you talk a little bit more about that one piece? I'd like to hear, um, what are like one or two insights that you you've got from those children that you worked with that carries over today, even in your teaching? Is there any pieces that showed up that were, that just strike you as being unique to those type of children? Well, one of the things I want to say right away, again, comes from the book, Michael. Um, and if, if the audience could see my book, they'd see that it's dog-eared and it has sticky notes sticking out of it. Uh, and one of the things you're so clear on is that for those who find themselves as hunters, it's an opportunity to transform, not something that's broken or needs to be healed. And the children at school, of course, because they were involved with conventional medicine, and many of them with parents who did not have a lot of focus themselves, everybody was trying to fix them all the time in order for them to be compliant in the classrooms because of the pressure in education today for performance. So I know the two of you are probably making funny faces right now because perhaps you had that experience yourself in school mm. as boys where you were, uh, you were round pegs and perhaps you were in a school with square holes. Yeah. So right, not to recall that pain, but right away, your question, Michael, what did the children teach me, which is they've got something to offer. And because their nervous systems were not uh, regulated to the expectations in the classroom, it often fell to me as the nurse and social worker in the school, 
to create a fit to help the children and the teachers transform into a more compatible relational field where the gifts of the children could be seen in addition to the frustrations that they brought with them because of their hunter type. Mm. Yeah, that that makes total sense. I, I think that when you, given your perspective, it sounds like you've you've had you carried this perspective for for quite a while in the sense of not trying to fix or uh, j- just to embrace these children as they were. Um, I mean, those are really all so many insights that you just mentioned were were, were so crucial, and it's sadly lacking. Uh, and part of the reason why then it turns into a disorder because they just don't fit in instead of trying to understand the context. Um, it's it's easier to just slap a label on it, medicate it, and then you know they have then carry it on for. And I know a lot of the people listening right now, um, if you came in after Ritalin started to show up, then you're you're in that crew that carried that with you uh, into adulthood. And even if you were uh, treated with respect and kindness and say, well, you know, this is just one of those things, it's still in the back of your brain sits there something that's wrong with you that then that hopefully later in life. And then I'm hoping the podcast can help with uh, transform that perspective and get some self healing for uh, some of the things that you went through. And I have to tell you, it's so, uh, as always being completely genuine, it's so beautiful to hear someone else, not only someone else besides us two, but someone else that is not only an expert and had such a long experience with such a beautiful healing modality such as yoga, but the fact that you also come from your nursing background to have to have this perspective that you do is is um, is very gratifying and it's just it's it's really comforting. For, for me um, to, to know that because I think and, and I and I hope to our audience too because Michael isn't that something we've, we've talked about over and over on here is we talked about in the beginning middle and end uh, towards the end of the year when we were going over the chapters themselves about this concept of for ourselves and those that may may judge us and we don't judge them for judging hunter types but <laughs> yeah. is that there's nothing quote unquote wrong with you Th- what is michael saying always on the podcast this is how you are wired and mm-hmm. i think that's that's a beautiful beautiful way to look at it so that's that's really really comforting um tell us get us into the perspective of yoga specifically let me tie it into how it ties into our podcast and then you can tell us why it can be effective one of the things that we mentioned over and over on the on the podcast is in in order to transform yourself one of the things that lacks um maybe that there's a better term than that michael but i'll just say it lacks in hunter types that are not transformed is focus but it's not causation is not correlation. It's not that we lack focus and there it is. There's a reason behind it. And the reasons behind it have to do with with exercise, with health, both mentally and physically. And we talk about, uh, there's a whole, whole chapter focused on meditation and how it can help hunter types and being mindful in reducing your stress. So tell us on those points of focus, mindfulness, and stress reduction. How can yoga help hunter types? That's such a great and specific question. I I look forward to answering this one. And let me preface it by saying that uh, just a a quick return to my days in the school, I was teaching yoga to the staff, to the children, and to the children's parents. Very simple yoga. 
And I was confronted by a school board member in my community at one point saying, I understand you're teaching yoga over there at the school. He said, what's up with that? Should I be worried about that? And what I said to him is what I know to be true, which is, you know, really yoga is just about learning to balance out and regulate your nervous system. And, you know, those kids, some of their nervous systems are a little crazy and they, maybe they watched a little much too, t- too much TV and the yoga can help. And he said, well, all right then. So I, I just want to approach yoga from a, quite a, a scientific standpoint at this moment for our listeners, which is yoga properly taught will get in and impact the nervous system. And so this is a way in for hunter types for regulation to achieve more focus more mindfulness, and to keep the stress levels in a place where your neurochemistry can have enough balance that you have the right hormonal signals to achieve uh, the kind of day or the kind of night that you need and want. So specifically, uh, again, picture me in the school. I've got a third grader, usually, again, many boys, although there are more and more girls. He's super wiggly. It's difficult for him as a little kid, and many of you are just grown-up little kids, to sit still. I teach this little guy to cross his forearms and hug each opposite shoulder with his hands and do that back and forth. So you might do that with me right now, just Cross your forearms and hold the opposite shoulders with your hands. Get a little squeeze, release, turn it over, switch it out, and go back and forth. This is crossing the midline. And we could call this yoga, right? We're patterning our breath and our body as we do that. Then I might also teach that same little kid to reach down if he's sitting in a chair and hold the bottom of the seat of the chair and pull up with his arms and press his butt right into the chair to really feel the boundaries of his body to feel a greater sense of containment. This is neurological regulation Mm -hmm. through movement. And then there are several other things that I might have taught this child. And so when we think about, as adults, how we might move our bodies to help pattern our brain and bring our nervous system into a deeper state of balance, it's quite easily achieved by the movement of the body combined with the breath. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's fantastic. Uh, th- this is great. And so for those who are listening right now, um, I mean, even just those pieces were, were just tremendous. Can you recommend um, any entry level? So pe- people are living all over the world in various different locations, uh, many of whom probably have access to yoga classes and yoga in their area. There's also lots of online resources available Part of what you like, you're providing a, a, a huge uh, piece by the, what you put online. What do you recommend as far as an entry? If someone has never been introduced to yoga before, what, what do you suggest is a good way in? Yeah, great question. And I'll answer it both in what I call real time, which would be how to find a yoga community, a yoga class in your community that would be helpful to you. And then I'll also address how to access beginning yoga online. So first let's talk about if you're looking for a yoga class in your community, uh, do what is the best thing for any of us to do when we're looking for a resource, which is to begin to ask around. You see somebody carrying a yoga mat in a coffee shop, hey, do you do yoga? Where do you go? How do you like it? What do you like about it? So begin with word of mouth and listen to what people have to say. Clearly, if you know any other hunter types, 
who have done any yoga, you'd want to know from them where they've been and whether it worked out for them. So go to word of mouth. And then when you're, when you go to a yoga class, which might not even be a yoga studio, talk with the teacher and ask them if they do both body and breath movement. I really want to emphasize the breath. You, both of you spoke about meditation and meditation is a nervous system regulator. And guess what the way into the brain is, is through the breath. So chat with the teacher and ask them, I, do you, I know you teach the poses, but do you also teach any kind of breathing, yogic breathing? This is a very important piece that if it's left out, there'll be less opportunity for nervous system regulation. Mm. And then simply go to a class and let your intuition, let your gut respond. Do you feel... Uh, calmer, more grounded, and simultaneously more energized after the class. There ought to be a combination of feeling calm, grounded, and energized, and ab more able to focus. That's when you know you found the right class in real time. That's perfect. You know, and I just want to add to that that, uh, and as you know, there's that thing that happens with yoga and with many things that really nourish you is there's often a little pushback where people are like, oh, I've got to, you know, it's, it's, some people can just dive in and they just love it. But oftentimes I find with hunter types with sometimes with exercise or with yoga that they, they know it's good for them. And then they have to push a little bit to get them into the groove of doing it regularly. Do you have any suggestions on getting mm -hmm. into that, that cycle of kind of getting yourself warmed up so you, you can keep yourself going once you get a practice going. Right. And again, I think this is not just hunter types. This is human nature. Okay. So my suggestions for that, in fact, in my work online, I offer in all of my courses what I call an accountability program where we actually put uh, small things in place so that people remain accountable. So how are you going to be accountable? One of the best ways to do that when you've decided on a teacher in a class is to simply invest, buy a punch card, spend that 50, that $70, and remember that you've put that money into it and you want to get your investment back. That can be one of the classic ways. The other thing you might do is go with a friend and have a pinky swear with your friend. This is what women do. I don't know if men do it. <laughs> we, we punch each other when we punch. Yeah, I don't right. know. It's weird. Yeah. The tricep punch. Or That's, the right. Swear, That's right. Depending on your, your gender, your proclivities. Like, okay, let's do, we're going to do this six-week um, series of yoga together. You're going to call me. I'm going to pick you up. If I don't want to go, you're going to make me go. So pair up with somebody who will increase your accountability and might be there as a balance for you on a day when you feel a little low or a little distracted and you think that you can't go. And the other classic thing to do, and this begins to move into this realm of talking about how chemistry works in our body, is set up a reward system for yourself. Mm. I just want to repeat that. Set up a reward system for yourself so when you do attend that yoga class, you have a built-in reward. Maybe it's a meal that you particularly enjoy or you treat yourself to calling a friend or going for a walk or whatever you love to do it can be a small reward or a large reward. This will release some dopamine into your system. This is the chemical of reward. And you'll be like, oh, I went to the class. And for me, I love chai. So I often reward myself with chai. I went to that class. I went and got a chai. That felt really good. I've got a little dopamine, increased dopamine in my brain. I feel better and I want to do it again. Hmm. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. The, the, the chemistry part, I want to get into that here as a topic um, to ask you about. Um, one of the things we definitely wanted to, while we have you, is talk about Ayurvedic. But before that, just a reminder that we are talking to, we're honored to be talking to Sarah Hutchinson from yogawisdomandwellness.com. She has online classes on there. She's an educator and yoga expert. And Sarah, tell us a little bit about I know I've heard this term in in the community, in the in the yoga community, being a musician for yoga classes and yoga events. I have heard this term day and night, and it's one of those things I promised myself I would get into, as usual, haven't had the time to. So both educate me and our audiences on one of the other things that you know about, which is Ayurvedic support and uh, especially how that could help hunter types. Great. I love this. This is one of my favorite topics. And let's bridge into that by saying one of the things that any of us might do, but particularly our hunter types might do, is go to a restorative yoga class. Not all yoga is raising your arms over your head as you inhale or doing that famous downward facing dog. There's an enormous uh, body of work in restorative yoga that gives the nervous system a break that is becoming incredibly popular. And I, my Restorative classes are my largest classes in my home community, my live work, and I have many, many hunter types who come for a break from uh, the hustle bustle of the world and how it stimulates the hunter. So just before we leave yoga, I just want to say, do look for a restorative yoga class in your community. Give that a try. That is often just a beautiful siesta for the hunter type to rest the nervous system. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, and finally, before we go to Ayurveda, I also promised an online resource or two, and I'm going to recommend Yoga Glow. That's yogaglo.com, yogaglow.com. I think it's $18 a month for a subscription. And for that $18 a month, you can access hundreds of yoga, virtual yoga classes, and you can shop around for a restorative class. You can look at different teachers you're welcome to log on to my uh, website and contact me about what teacher might be good for you if you're a hunter type on yogaglow.com. So that's a, an online Perfect. resource. And I'll put that link in the uh, podcast notes. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Give it a try out there. The, the point is to get your feet on the path of this ancient science, which is so spectacular today in balancing the nervous system, in regulating the nervous system, and in supporting any transformation we need to make within ourselves if our nervous system is not serving us. So the other part of that now is Ayurveda. And this is, I could go on for hours with Ayurveda. I'm going to keep it succinct. But uh, Ayurveda is beginning to make its debut in the world. It's 5,000 years old. It's yoga's sister science. So most of our audience will have heard of acupuncture, Chinese medicine, very, very popular. Ayurveda is actually at the root of Chinese medicine. It preceded it. Like Chinese medicine, it's, an, it's ancient wisdom that is showing up today as incredibly powerful, uh, holistic ways to take care of ourselves. So this is my passion, is teaching Ayurveda. And Ayurveda is incredibly... Um, Again, it's 5,000 years old, so it's rooted in that timeless wisdom, and it's really ageless. It's been continually practiced, passed on. It's very much folk wisdom, kitchen wisdom, 
and it's never gone away despite wars and subjugation from the British and whatnot. Ayurveda is alive and well today in India and throughout the world. And the reason is it works. And Ayurveda, simple Ayurvedic techniques can give hunter types a way, once again, to balance the nervous system. And let me just land it with a, an example. Uh, one of the time-honored practices in Ayurveda is so very simple, and it's applying oil, rubbing oil into your feet and into your hands and possibly into your scalp, especially if you don't have a lot of hair, before you go to sleep. Now, that might sound a little weird that you would sit at your bedside and oil your feet and oil your hands and possibly oil the top of your head and then tuck in for a good night's sleep. Why would we do this? Well, this is Ayurvedic wisdom that has now been vetted by modern science, and we do it because it's calming for the nervous system. It helps hold us and contain us. After a big day, we might be blown out, particularly for a hunter type. Hunter types are famous for just going really big, like hunter types are the people you see charging across the sky in their chariots, right? If you were gods and goddesses, you'd be, you'd be, I'd be looking, I'm looking up in a beautiful Florida sky right now, and there I would see you two streaking across in your chariots. Because <laughs> that's what hunters do. They go big and they go bound, boundaryless often. So when you're done being big and boundaryless and you want to draw in, applying a lovely scented oil to your hands and feet and the top of your head before you go to sleep will pull you in and neurologically move you from your sympathetic nervous system, which is the chariot in the sky, that's the go for it part of us, into the rest and digest, the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the let's rest and get some sleep. So that's an example of a simple Ayurvedic practice for hunter types. That's beautiful. That's really, and, and Michael, I, there's so many, gosh, I don't, boy, for me to be silence in life and on a podcast, you know, someone else, is, <laughs> you know, someone else is doing something so right. Um, there, there's so many points that, that, that come up. One of the ways I connect this to, to the book and the podcast, Michael, is I loved, absolutely love Sarah, the, the chariot in the sky imagery, beautiful, just describes us so well, but where I, where I saw it, right, so there's the, there's the challenge, right, Mike, is, is being up in the sky as a hunter type. And recently we've been talking about people and hunter types and wanting to achieve your dreams in life because as hunter types we have so many. We, didn't we just talk about this recently on a podcast about yeah. having so many plans and so many? Imagine, this is how I tie it together, so I want to hear your, your input, Michael. It's like imagine if a hunter type got into Ayurvedic and, and at night did a practice like this. Imagine the grounding they have that night. Instead of having a thousand dreams and thinking there's a thousand things to work on along with the practices that we talk about, right? The journaling, the, the other practices. Now you're, you're using, as Sarah has mentioned, a science to ground yourself so that now when you wake up the next day or you can at least go to bed at night in a peaceful manner instead of having all these thoughts, which is what hunter types tend to do, running yes. through your mind. Yeah, it's such a gr great suggestion. And what comes to mind is um, it brings us into our bodies. Body awareness 
whether or not it's, you know, the dreams of like, you know, having a lot of things that's going, but a lot of it's anxiety and worry. And, you know, I know that these are a lot of the common challenges that hunter types have too, of, of either being in, in the past or the future. I mean, all of us do, but I think sometimes to the extreme hunter types. And so coming into your body, which is always in the present moment, rubbing your feet, that's a cl like classic grounding piece of putting putting oil on your feet, oil on your, your forehead, connecting yourself with your body so that you're in the present moment. Just that in itself is a meditation. And um, specifically for, and I, I just want to add that piece of like, if you have anxiety or pieces that are really, you're, they're really causing you challenges, then using that practice can also be immensely helpful in calming the nervous system, bringing you into the present moment and, and giving you that great gift of sleep, which so many hundred types have a challenge with, of unplugging, turning the phone off so that you, you're not tempted to get back on the phone in the middle of the night and look at Facebook or whatever it is and just let your body reset itself so that your brain chemistry can reset so you can wake up in the morning and feel refreshed. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's cute. And I, I, yeah, I just I want to add something. I just want to jump in. Excuse Please, me about, about the phone because this is something I find is very common and so easy and approachable. When I work with clients with simple Ayurvedic daily routine to create more grounding, which is please don't sleep with your phone in your bedroom. Please do not sleep with guilty, your phone. Guilty is charged. Yeah. Guilty yeah. is well, charged. Here's the deal. You know, get yourself a good old TikTok clock yeah. and put that phone elsewhere so that you remove. You know, I, I, I learned this from a client who was really struggling, actually a woman hunter type. And when I asked her about her morning routine, she explained that she woke up and she used her alarm on her cell phone, which I do when I'm traveling. I have it in the bedroom with me. And it would go off and she'd roll over and she'd grab the phone and she'd just turn off that alarm and she'd just think, well, let me just see what went on while I was asleep. And the next thing she knows, she's on her email before she's out of her bed. Now, we could talk about the science about this, but I think everybody knows the experience of activating the brain with the light from the screen and the amount of information, the stimulus. You're already on the dark side of the moon with that. You're already getting, you're in your chair in your sky before you're even out of bed and had breakfast, mm. right? Mm. So yeah. cell, phone out, cell phone out of room is one of the things that I teach right away. And, uh, you know, you can wean yourself from that, but it's very helpful. Oh, that's yes. so big. And I, I have to say... Uh, God bless her. My wife has been on me about this for ages. And, and, and I have to say, like I said, the transparency of this podcast is I actually did it for a while. And then it's, it's such an addiction. It is such it an is. addiction yeah. like anything else, because, oh, well, there was that time my son Cameron, you know, he was really sick. I felt like I needed it there just in case I had to get up and call or, you know, see how he's doing, see how his breathing is. And, you know, and there's always an excuse for any addiction. There's always an excuse. And so, Sarah, I'm, I'm in full transparency. You have re-motivated me. And starting tonight, on a Sunday night, work tomorrow, I'm going to get back into this practice. It's going to be out of the room. And I'm going to get on Amazon right now and get a good old-fashioned alarm clock. I, I swear, right after this podcast, I'm going to do it because Fantastic. you have reminded me of how important that is. So thank you. 
You're welcome. Simple, simple, Sim- simple, simple, simple stuff. Well, I, I have some news for you, Sarah. There is no way you are not coming back on this podcast <laughs> because you have opened up such a vault of we have we have so much to talk about the three of us. So. Um, before wrapping up, I genuinely want to thank you so much for, um, for coming on. We had to reschedule due to some family stuff that was going on with me. So genuinely, thank you for your time on a Sunday morning. And, and re- I, we really, truly enjoyed it. You're more than welcome. It's, it's my privilege, my pleasure, and my honor to be speaking with you and with our audience. And I, again, I just want to reiterate, being a hunter is not something that requires that you heal yourself of anything it's it's an invitation to refine your abilities which are extraordinary and sorely needed in today's world so that they can be channeled and focused to solve the complex problems that are before us and who better than the hunters uh, that's so well put thank you that i really appreciate that and also i'm just extremely impressed at the thoroughness of your studies um so many pieces that like Simon says it would be really great to have you on again and discuss further because this was uh, i have a feeling the audience will really appreciate what you've shared on the on the podcast yeah let's do it and we'll give more practical tips because my i'm on a mission i'm passionate about artiveda coming into the everyday and what we can do, we've talked about two simple tips. Get the cell phone out of your room. Rub some oil on your feet and hands before you go to sleep. There's more that is simple, accessible, pennies on the dollar, and will bring you into a greater state of containment, organization, and focus in your nervous system. One of many gold nuggets shared by our special guest today, Sarah Hutchinson from yogawisdomandwellness.com. Please visit her site. She has online classes in Ayurvedic, in yoga. Um, contact her. And um, we are so grateful to, to have her on today. We will definitely have, have her on again. And again, can't say it enough. Just grateful for, for a wonderful share on, on so many different ways on how yoga and, and this modality and its many branches can help uh, those of us in the hunter type community. And we want to, as always, remind you that we are, at the Drummer in the Great Mountain, a small press. Help us spread the word. Reviews are really helpful. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your reviews on iTunes, the emails you send, Michael, on drummerandthegreatmountain.com. Those social links are in the upper right corner. You've been sending Michael Facebook posts and emails. He shares them with me. Those inspire me. I, I meditate on them, on what to do for the next podcast, what we can do to keep this thing growing. So engage with us. We love it. Please leave a review on iTunes for the podcast and websites like Goodreads. We are on their Goodreads for the book itself. Uh, reminder always on getting the word out. If you are one of those in our audience that are listening to this podcast because you're not a hunter type, but as Sarah put it, maybe you're a hunter type magnet. You can help get the word out and help those around you and help others. Get this info out to institutions, social workers, progressive psychologists. Michael does lectures and seminars all the time, and we look forward to sharing more and more and, 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 and growing our, our transformational community. Uh, Michael, thank you for getting this all together. Thank you for our wonderful first uh, of many guests, but I couldn't have thought of a better way to, to start it off. This was fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. I'm just 
beyond myself. So pleased to kick the year off with with Sarah and um, just yeah, giving expanding the community and expanding the information that we're sharing on the podcast. And I just want to say, uh, I know so many of you have written in and offered suggestions on podcast topics, and we've taken those in. And in the next few weeks, you will start to uh, see hear some of those uh, topics being addressed. Absolutely. So give us those feedback and we'll, uh, we'll keep honoring those and we want to hear your stories and share them with us and uh, we will keep it coming. And as always, well, especially today, I guess we'll say namaste to all of you and to Sarah for this wonderful share today. I'm just absolutely exhilarated and inspired. And as always, we say on the Drummer in the Great Mountain podcast, please take care of yourselves and your health. Be well.
Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is intended solely for the purpose of personal growth and not as a replacement for professional psychological support. The views and opinions of the hosts and guests of this show are not meant to be taken as medical advice. It is very important to seek the help of a qualified medical practitioner when making any shifts to psychiatric medication you may be taking or if you are experiencing extreme psychological distress.